Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete, where we interview badass, high-performing individuals to learn more about their competitive spirit and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here today with Rafa Martinez. We are in Hallett, Oklahoma, or in the Hallett track in Oklahoma, for the SCCA weekend, race weekend. Yep. And uh, you're here with, is it just you and one other driver? Yes, uh, today it's just two drivers. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm one of them. All right. Well, tell me a little bit about your world, your racing world right now, your, your world and automotive. What's going on for you? Yeah, so for us, um, you know, I'm recently new to, uh, to racing in general. Uh, I didn't have a racing background, always been a car person. And two years ago, actually almost two years ago at the end of this month, I went to the track for the very first time. Really? Uh, and yeah, so I'd never been on the track, didn't, I'd never gone to a race and um, brought my, I had a McLaren, a 600LT, and I was always a car guy, right? So I loved the cars, but I didn't really know how to drive them per se. I, I thought I did, I guess, at the time. And, um, <laughs> And so they convinced me through just, you know, having gone and learned about the track and everything that, you know, that it takes to be part of it or participate in a, in a DE, um, I ended up signing up, you know, as a novice for, for Chin Track Days, one of the DEs that, you know, that does events at Coda. Yeah. Uh, and before that, I didn't even know that that existed. I didn't know that you could track, that I could get my car on the track. I had no idea, you know, any of the stuff that I've learned in the last two years. Uh, but I went out for the very first time two years ago and enjoyed it, liked it, you know, liked the progression. I'm a competitive person. Um, for a living, I actually trade natural gas. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the markets and, and have a, a bit of risk tolerance. So when it came to this, I felt, you know, pretty comfortable with the risk that I was taking. And it wasn't something that I actually uh, felt, you know, I guess like scared by. So, you know, it made it real comfortable to start pushing the car and just progress from there. Um, and about six months into it, um, I actually had a, a training. Uh, I signed up for an event at McLaren. Like McLaren was holding an event at Coda, and I signed up for it as a customer. Brought my car. I'd done maybe six, seven track days by then, and um, I got paired up with a with a uh, factory driver. And so you know, we we're just chit chatting first day. He's like, "Hey, I want to you know have you go out, assess you know your driving skills to create a baseline, and see where we can work on the rest of the day." And so, you know, we go out and, you know, I think I did a 225 or something. And he was like, mate, that was, you know, I might have been a 228 or something like that. But it was, he, he was like, that's pretty good driving. You're like, you at least have good car control. How long have you been driving? And I told him I've only been driving for four or five months, like maybe six months. And he was, you know, pretty impressed at just the advance or I guess the skills that I had at the time for how little driving I'd done. Um, and he kind of planted a bug unknowingly. He's like, hey, you know, like if you, you know, if you stick with it, you might be able to compete one day. Like, you actually, you know, get into some races one day. Um, and, you know, I just didn't think of much of it then. But the more that I got into it, uh, the, you know, the better that I got. Got more into the sport, started this whole, you know, Rafa Racing Club. Uh, and the community started growing. And I started creating relationships with, you know, with drivers, with, uh, with our techs. Ended up, you know, started hiring some of the people. Uh, and actually took it a little bit more serious. So then I got some coaching. Um, and then now at this stage, uh, I'm getting actually uh, these SCCA races out. Uh, they're good practice, great events. We love it. Um, and uh, one of the primary reasons that you know we are actually here today 
uh, is that I'm actually racing in Europe um, in the McLaren Trophy Series. Oh, wow. So it's the first, uh, is it the inaugural series that McLaren's actually done as a pro-am uh, before this year, they'd only done the customer experience, the customer right. know, gentleman driver, yeah. where it was like, you know, 12, 15 cars, 18 cars on grid. Uh, but it was just all, all one event of, you know, of just the customer drivers. Uh, well, now for this season, or this series, I guess, um, they're going to run with the World uh, GT Challenge in Europe. So as part of the five weekend event, you know, 10 races, um, it's going to be part of, of that, you know, massive event. And it's going to have Super Trofeo, Ferrari Challenge, Carrera Cup, McLaren, and a couple of the other, you know, series that they usually run, you know, classes that they usually run. Uh, and it's all, you know, a single manufacturer series. Um, so they're following the footsteps of some of the other guys that have been doing it uh, as their brand has grown. So uh, I'm participating in that as a pro-am. Um, I have a female driver that's my, uh, that's my uh, pro driver. She's from the UK. Really quick, silver driver. Uh, she's 23 and, you know, I came across her through some of the stuff that we were working on. Uh, we have a lot of female drivers on the team. Um, and that's one of the things that we're working on a lot is, you know, developing and, you know, identifying, developing and, and supporting uh, women drivers uh, in, in the space. You know, anybody that really has a challenge to generally find a seat, helping raise funds, facilitate some of the stuff that they do. Uh, and so came across her through some of the stuff that, conversations that I was having with people at the factory in different places. and. Um, one of the mentors slash manager that she had, they had been helping her find places uh, to, to drive. Um, you know, I got put in touch with her. We had a conversation. It was a natural fit. She came to visit last year. We loved her, great personality. You know, super competitive and, you know, fast, like really fast. Yeah. So, you know, she's uh, faster than me at this point still. And, you know, she'll probably remain faster than me. Like, she's grown up <laughs> racing her whole life. So It's amazing <laughs> because these people, I mean, I don't know how old you are. I'm, I'm 51, but you know, I was racing. I race in the SCCA, but I'm the slow cars. I'm in the B spec cars. I'm taking this season off to just do the podcast, and uh, you know, racing against a 18 year old, and you know, just slaughtering me. But um, I've got to remember, he he probably has you know whatever 10, 12, 15 years more than me right. experience. So it's amazing how good some of these drivers are. Yeah, know, what age yeah. Are. And she started you know on dirt bikes since she was six years old. All anything that moved as a kid, you know, she asked her parents to put her on. So she grew up through that. They karting, um, did several different style of racing, and this is her first time in a GT actual race. Well, how does it, how does it work? Are you both going to be driving? The car in the series? Yeah, yeah so it's a single car uh, uh, Pro-Am driver. The series for McLaren... Okay, so I, I was missing the Pro-Am Yeah, yeah so, it, so it. it's a Pro-Am series. Sure. Uh, and uh, for McLaren, the M is still sort of like, you know, the, the, the I would call it like the focus. Yeah. So from what I understand, I, I haven't, you know, confirmed this. And I, you know, I've looked at some of the rules and stuff. But as I understand it, uh, the M is who qualifies, the M is who starts, Oh. Uh, and the M has to drive, I believe, like minimum of 30 minutes of the 55, okay. or something along those lines, uh, maybe minimum of 25, or 30, something like that where the M has to drive at least at a minimum of 50% of the time. Okay. Um, and, and so to them, it's still a customer, you know, pro-M, you know, focus on the M series. 
uh, where in other races, you, you know, you may want to get the M as quick as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then and, and jump, <laughs> you know, put the pro in. So from what I understand in this particular series, uh, the M's are really the deciding factor. Okay. Uh, because a lot of the pros that are there, they're like within half a second, right? Yeah. Uh, they're all like, you know, bunched up. But as, uh, as the M's, because, you know, some people are business owners, some people, you know, only have time to go to the races. Yeah. It takes, it, it's a long weekend. So these races, uh, the first one is at Paris-Ricard in France. You know, not an easy place to get to. Uh, it requires a four or five day travel. By the time, you know, you get there, you do the practice, do the races and the qualities and stuff, and then you get home. Um, the second race is at Spa. Uh, that's at the end of June, top of July. Um, third race is at Nürburgring in uh in germany at the end of july and then we skip august and at the start of september we have hockenheim in germany and then barcelona uh the end of september october so it's it's an incredible lineup i've been to all the tracks at this point except for park Ricard. um i'm going there in may to do a test and, and yeah. learn the track uh this is just iconic tracks right and just oh, the man, ability man. that i have you know i used to watch it on tv uh, F1, really. I never really watched a whole lot of... I used to watch some indie. When NASCAR was a TV, I would watch it. Uh, but F1 was the only thing that I've been watching for you know better part of the last 12, 15 years, just for a long time. Yep. I really got into it. And to me, it was just never something that I could really you know reach or achieve. And uh, that's one of the cool, unique things about this sport is, uh, at least at that level, you could really pay to grid up with some of the best drivers in the world. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, in other sports like football, you can't just pay to go be no. a, a, you know, a quarterback. No. You, know, you can't, it doesn't matter what kind of money you do, no one's gonna put you at wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, it just doesn't work that way. You can own the team, uh, but you can't play with them. Uh, in any other sport, you know, it's, it's very difficult uh, outside of golf that do some pro-ams, uh, which aren't competitive, right? Like, yeah. These are actually truly competitive series where you are neck and neck shoving each other out, you know, out on track with the best of it. You know, when you play other sports, there's no other sports that does that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no pro am football game. No, no, no. <laughs> that would not be that would not you know? be pretty, man. It, it's just crazy, right? Like, there's no pro am like basketball. Imagine like putting some NBA players with like just like am you know like business owners going out there and paying no to be part of this. Like, it just doesn't exist. So that's one of the cool things and, and things that that I like and part of our business uh, with Ruffle Racing Club. Um, you know, throughout the throughout the process, a little bit over a year ago, almost a year ago, I guess almost a year and a half ago, about the time that, um, you know, that seed of maybe I can compete in some of these series was planted on me, um, I started actually looking for things where I could actually improve as a driver. Um, and there was really nothing out there outside of going to the track, outside of watching YouTube, and maybe getting a sim rig at the house. Uh, there wasn't really anything. Um, and in Houston, we had built a good community. We had built a good relationship with some of the techs, the dealerships, uh, you know, transportation companies and stuff that we had used in the past and largely with the community at Coda and MSR Houston, where we show up with the McLaren GT4s and they, they kind of knew it was the McLaren crew. And it was like three or four of us that would show up and we'd go to Coda, it'd be four McLarens, it was all us. And then we would have, you know, 130 other cars, half of them were Porsche. So there's no such a thing as like a, as a Porsche guys, right? Because everybody just drives them because they're such a, incredible car for the track and yeah. you know bang for your butt kind of thing they're you know they're workhorses uh, but we were you know started making a name for ourselves in, in that space and um, you know the word got out more and more and we started getting more and more people involved got to the point where we needed to buy some haulers instead of us individually hauling our own car we got three car haulers and now we were hauling five cars six cars 
and you know now we're hauling 14, 15 people around uh, to the track days. So, um, you, so tell me a little bit about Rafa Motors. Yeah, so Rafa Motors is is one. Uh, we have Rafa Motorsports, which is the parent that that sort of oversees everything that we're doing in the automotive space. Uh, Rafa Racing Club is the community that we're building around, essentially letting people know that this sport exists. People like myself, right? People that didn't know they could do it. Uh, getting people out to the track, coaching them, teaching them how to do it, providing them support so that you know we don't have 20 people going to the track and there's 20 people with trucks and trailers going out. Uh, we provide the certified techs. We have the relations with the manufacturer, with uh, the suppliers and, and, and the know-how, right? So as, as far as an efficiency standpoint, we can provide the cost the efficiency in, in playing in this game because we have the skill for it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of what we do at the club. Uh, and then there's all the aspects of the club that we're doing from a driver development standpoint. Uh, and, 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 you know, hopefully, you know, kind of instilling health and fitness and all the things as part of the commodity aspect of, of being a, a driver, right? Yeah. Uh, Rafa Motors um, is, a, a, I would call it an affiliate or a sister company of the club within the umbrella. And its purpose is, it's a dealership. Uh, but we wanted it to be a boutique dealership, we wanted it to be relationship-based, and we want to be providing concierge services to the members, uh, focus on motorsports and focus on performance cars. Uh, so obviously from a performance standpoint, it's likely going to be you know, track-focused cars, track-purpose-built cars, um, McLarens, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, you know, Dallaras, anything that anybody wants as far as a track car uh, that's, that's focused uh, for a you know, performance car, um, as well as We've you know now sourced cars for our members that we have, so uh, we've I would say in the last month helped source or, or bought three more McLaren GT4s from contacts from calling people, yeah. uh, you know getting our techs to inspect the cars, vet them, make sure this is a good buy, and then we you know we we're providing these concierge services for people through the through the, their motors uh, service, uh, so you know we're, we'll be able to uh, source cars, buy sell cars. Um, I don't anticipate us being a boutique and concierge service type of business uh, and kind of niche in its sense, uh, I don't anticipate us having 50, 60 car inventory sure. or a massive inventory. Uh, you know, we will probably have some inventory that, that revolves uh, by necessity just so we have things available. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I think we're gonna be, as a community, a growing community, and, and the people that are actually joining the club are car enthusiasts. So a lot of the people that are joining the club, we are, uh, a social club, we're building a country club style space, country club style membership, um, and the people that are joining the club are people who are car enthusiasts, people that collect cars, people that like to drive and sell cars, and you know, a new car comes out, they go and trade their car, and so we'll be able to facilitate. Where's, are you, you're building out of like a, a facility? We're building a facility, so uh, that's part of the, the, the club, which I guess I could have, you know, step from the top down, so. Uh, the facility in Houston is uh, pretty centrally located uh, near city center Houston. Okay. Um, is a 40,000 square foot facility, uh, warehouse space that we're essentially re renovating and, and building out. Um, the country club space, that's the, the clubhouse, is 6,500 square feet. And we have two golf simulators, you know, full swing simulators. We have bar lounge, some workspace, um, and we have eight professional simulators. So eight simulators that, I, uh, that we uh, bought from uh, SimCraft, yep. uh, full motion simulators from SimCraft. So um, that's going to be a sim lounge, if you want to call it that. Uh, member experience, you know, people that don't want to, or either don't have the means, don't have the time, 
don't care to race but love motorsports and want to get behind the wheel yeah uh you know maybe they don't have the risk tolerance to actually do what we're sure. doing but want to enjoy it and love it so we're going to be able to run leagues internally have a leaderboard of you know of, of you know who's the fastest guy at coda who's the fastest guy at VIR, all these different, you know, national and global tracks. Um, so we're going to be running these leagues internally. Uh, we can sync all eight and be able to display the race on, on yeah, a massive oh yeah. TV. Oh yeah. And so like, this is going to create all these competitive, very competitive, really fun. Everybody's going to be like chasing each other. Yeah. And so it's going to be a cool way to create this community of enthusiasts that come from different walks, that come from different interests of racing. Right. Uh, some of the people that we've come across say like, no, I love F1. But, you know, I love my Tahoe. I can't afford to yeah. race and do all these other things. I have these kids, you know, they're in sports. The member base that we're building, and we haven't taken memberships yet. The people that we have part of the club are pay-as-you-go members right now. They're, you know, some of the core people that we've been sort of, you know, becoming and bonding with for the last year and a half. Um, but we are going to pretty soon have a membership laid out. Uh, most of it's pretty done. We just haven't, like, pretty much uh, uh, rolled it out yet. Uh, but it's going to be a you know a membership with initiation, monthly dues, and then a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Um, the way I see it is, um, you know, if you're doing it for the network aspect of it, what you pay to be part of it is going to be you know worth it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you're doing it because you race a lot, the services that we provide and the discounts that we can get you via our partners, whether it's you know the labor charge that we're doing for your McLaren, we're charging less than the dealership would, and we have certified techs. Uh, you know, brake pads, any sort of wear and tear, any safety device, gear, uh, all that stuff, sponsorships that we work with and partners. Uh, you know, when you go to the track, you would take your own cooler with food and all that. We're working with partners that would provide the food. You know, we, you know, we bring the, the drinks and, you know, lower the cost, you know, per person kind of stuff. And yeah. obviously, you know, creating that fun community uh, transportation you don't have to now get your own car transported so you don't need your truck you don't need a trailer uh, we're able to you know bring the semi truck bring six cars a bunch of tools in it and just you know dilute the cost of doing this yeah. the sport and so if you do track a lot and race a lot the services that we're providing is going to more than make up from a savings standpoint yeah. uh, and, and, and time consuming standpoint you know yeah. that some of the guys that we have in the team were you know just like me when I started some of the guys that we started with like Friday, when it's a track day, the, th the Thursday afternoon, you're busy getting all your tools in yeah. order, loading your car in, getting strapped down, running around, figuring out how you're going to get your tires, like, you know, getting your alignment done, like all these other things that you have to do to get ready for the track. And then Friday, you have to haul it across town or wherever you're going, you know, even Thursday and do it. And then when you show up, you have to unload everything and set it up all yourself and do it all. And it's great. People love doing that. But yeah. a lot of the people that are born in the sport are business owners, are people yeah. that have families, right? And so all it takes is one time for us to do it for them, <laughs> and they show up and they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize like how much stress yeah. actually doing this sport yourself yep. actually puts on you from a time and effort. And like, you know, by the time you get all loaded, unloaded and everything, you've spent two days getting ready to get on track and yep. like, you're just exhausted. Well, I, I'm, I, I do arrive and drive when I do it, and um, man, I love it. I mean, one, I'm not gonna be able to work on the car myself anyway. I'm just not that right. automatically, auto, auto mechanically inclined. Yeah, same as I. So, but I love driving, and just you know, getting here and having everything done for you. And I can't tell you the number of times where something has happened with the car, but it's it's ready by the next session. Yep. I'd be. I'd be that'd be end of my weekend. I would have to go home if yep. it was just me. So 
Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, the, the value that we've brought in. A lot of people, even when we go on track, know that we have certified techs, that we have all the equipment and everything that we carry with us. So a lot of people that are still doing it themselves will routinely come to our garage and be like, hey, you know, hey, Rafa, is it cool if, you know, Travis, you know, one of our techs, takes a look at my car, it's giving me this fault. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, this is why you should be garaging with us. And, yeah. you know, all it takes is another time for them to do it and see how the value that we provide. Because yeah. sometimes this thing, you know, if it's a two-day event, sometimes it's the first session that your car just, yeah. like, goes on lit mode. Yeah. And then you have nothing else to do like your yep. car just won't move yep and you've invested all this money to register all this money to get there the hotels and yeah more importantly the time and the time away from family or whatever yeah. right and the frustration you know that that would bring you uh to just sit there and watch and then within minutes we got you back and running and you know they're all happy and excited but you know i think over time we're going to turn a lot of those people even faster when when, when they see how everybody else is yeah is taking advantage of the service so you know, we're 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 doing that for for the driver, uh, for people that network. And I've talked to some people that are in real estate, or are business owners, or attorneys, or you know, financial wealth management people. Yep. They see the people that are generally in the community, people that have some form of resources, um, and they see you know, if you're buying cars, you likely have property or investments, and yeah. that networking effect for someone that is in that space, you know, makes it worth it, right? Uh, and then obviously, if you're just a true enthusiast the cost of what you pay to truly enjoy this sport, to be around like-minded people, to be able to come to the track and hang out with like that, yeah. it's like a fraction of what it will actually cost you to run a car. Oh yeah. And so like the value chain that we've been able to provide and, and the value proposition, it, you know, it's just really growing pretty quickly. So the facility has that clubhouse aspect of it. Uh, we have a, the, the Rafa Motors with it yep. as part of it. And then we have the ability to store over a hundred cars um, you know, on, on site. Yep. Uh, lo- my, my hope or goal is for it to mostly be race cars, right? That way we can help them service it, get a track prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't mind storing someone's car that's their daily driver, but you know, hopefully over time, my goal would be that you know, what we're doing as a service is so great that people that do go to the track all the time, at the very least, we're storing things for them. Yep. You know, maybe you buy your own garage bay and we put all your spares, tires, wheels, all that, so that it's not sitting at your house, so that you don't have it in your local storage unit and things like that. So I think you know we can, uh, we can provide storage, a lot of that, you know, a lot of services for storage, uh, just for automotive stuff. Um, and then we have a dedicated shop, and the shop itself is uh, going to be solely for club members. Uh, I think that you know we're going to be uh, pretty busy just with everything that we're doing because uh, we're going to be, you know, my goal is to have maybe a hundred members, uh-huh. um, and that way we can provide the service, right? Like if I open that up to 500 members, for example and we do a track day, I can't service oh, 150 no. cars, right? No. And if I no. do it, only 50 people. So like 100 of really good, you know, like people, 100 of car enthusiasts, 100 of maybe even 150 of people that track already that are doing SCCA, that are racing. Um, to me, I think of it like, you know, if we host an event, what would be sort of the participation rate that I would desire? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I think 20 to 25% is, a really good solid if you if you vet the people properly and you're getting five percent participation you probably didn't do a good job of vetting yeah. the people right yeah if you're getting 80 percent participation what you're providing is probably not that unique yeah. you know so like i'm trying i'm trying to find the right balance uh, and 20 to 25 participation for every single event you know some might be more some might be less uh but i do the math of okay we have 25 percent participation that means that we probably have 25 drivers 20 to 25 drivers yeah can I actually have that capacity yeah. to support that many drivers, transport that many cars, 
and have enough partners that I trust that can actually support it, right? Yeah. I don't have to have the staff to support 25 cars if I'm going to the track once a month, but I can have one or two partners that I trust to help me, yeah. you know, meet that need. Uh, and I don't want to have 10, 15 partners because then, you know, you, you start, I think, uh, diluting the product and, and taking risk of not knowing exactly yeah. how they operate. They have, you know, some, uh, some uh, uh, turnover in people, yeah. personnel, and it's easier to have two or three really close partners that you really know how they operate um, and, and that you can trust and count on each other and help each other out. So um, I see that sort of the, as, as a count uh-huh. uh, that, we, that we can offer. Um, and part of the sin that we're doing is also starting a uh, online racing team okay. and, and, and building that community in the online racing. So Rafa Racing, creating a presence and a community of online racers as well. Um, and I think that that is in a lot of ways how we can really grow the brand bring a lot of uh, young talent, younger people as, to the community that may not have the means to pay for the country club style membership, yeah, yeah. but they can have a minimal subscription base or at the very least be a consumer of our products because of the association that they have with us online. So if we're selling hats, if we're selling shirts, you know, if we're selling liveries, they have the logo on it online and you want to be part of the community, you can pay 99 cents to buy a livery yeah. online or something, right? So. There's all these ways that we can commercialize that experience and allow a a much larger community of people to be part of it. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, because the physical nature of it of that club is it, you know is pretty difficult. So uh, the, the the requirement of of being able to support that many people while online, you can have a million yeah. a million people be a subscriber and you know and, and, and that's easily done. So uh, that's part of what we're doing on the racing side um, and and the, and the uh, shop and the other part of the business um, that kind of operates with the club but separately. It's a uh, actual sort of like a racing training facility slash academy. Okay. So the training facility is about 6,000 square feet, maybe a little bit more, of motorsports-focused training equipment. So it's going to be a typical gym to some degree, but it's going to have all your typical motorsports stuff that you would actually see in a motorsports you know, training facility, training facility. Uh, that's focused on the driver. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to have programming, uh, food. We have the ability to say, like, hey, I have a race at Hallett next weekend. How do I prepare for it? Yeah. My hydration, rest, training, uh, leading up to the race, as well as a warm-up, you know, plan, meal, and, and supplement for the race. Um, and I think people don't really, you know, take take a lot of stuff into account. But you do that in every other sport. Yeah. And a lot of, I think a lot of people in this sport just like show up and jump in a car. And yeah. I I did that forever, right? And so I started learning about it, and like just you know the amount of energy you need to have to be out here and do it session after session how exhausting it is and how much hydration it is uh you know how, how much hydration you experience dehydration you experience on it to be properly hydrated and you know kind of take it we basically want to make it where it's a driver focused community and focus on getting better yeah and obviously you know pushing health and fitness and proper training is part of it so we're going to have programs that have sim time, they have classroom time, they have the gym program, the meal planning, all of that, as well as 
obviously real seat time on track, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so creating this whole concept around it has sort of evolved over time. And I've met people that pitched me an idea and I was like, you know what? That app that you're building in the motorsports space sounds really interesting, let's talk. And the way that they can deploy uh, programming to the masses in certain you know types like you know you're 51 i'm actually 30, 51 52 i'm 38 we may be in different shapes or different goals like me i may want to get to the best shape of my life so that in my 40s i can compete at the top level of you know of imsa yep right or you know i want to i want to get to where i can drive prototypes and i'm able to be fit into these cars you know like yeah and being fit you might say like hey i'm 52 i'm pretty good shape i just want to maintain and so like the programming that we both fall into yeah. could be potentially different. Yeah, yeah. And so like being able to identify what those five, six, maybe eight categories are of individuals and then being able to get a questionnaire, sit down with them for 20 minutes, find out what they want to accomplish and then very quickly say, okay, you're in group three, you're in a group four. Yeah. And then it feels very catered to you because it's very unique and actually for the most part, you know, you, there aren't a million goals that people are trying to achieve in the right. fitness space. Generally, you can, you know, you can pretty, pretty much filter them. So uh, that's one of the things that we're doing with the club, uh, and then, you know, and the motors part of it. So this facility is something that we think can be replicated around the country, around the world. Um, so we want to take it to Austin first. I think there's a market for it in a handful of places in, in the U.S. that can quite, you know, pretty easily support it. Um, I'm working with groups in in London. Who are interested in bringing it? I've talked to people uh, in Poland, Germany, uh, individuals like you know the business owners in, in, in Melbourne, Sydney that love tracking. They'll do it in a rubber driving every once in a while. But the reason they don't have a race car is because of the hassle to get around and yeah. finding a track. Yeah. And so we built something like this in some of those communities. I think the demand would be there. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I don't know where it's going to go. I think Houston will for sure be successful uh, because we already have a large community. We're present. We're there all the time. I'm there. Um, and, um, and you know, we, we've become a big family and actually Rafa is what I go by is my short name, but we made it a point that for it to actually have an acronym, it's like racist family always. Yeah. And, and you know, that's one of the things that we tell people, that, hey, we're a big family, we race together, we respect, we have the camaraderie and we have, you know, that, that, that you know, that respect for the sport of what we do is dangerous and we look up for each other. So at all times. You know, let me know whether my chin strap's not, you know, hooked in. Yeah. Like, hey, let me know if the tire looks weird. Like, don't just drive off and, you know, let me figure it out. Like, yeah. be always looking out for each other, taking care of each other, and obviously be a uh, respected driver on grid, yeah. uh, representing the brand and representing sort of the community that we're part of. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we're, that we're building. And hopefully as we come out to more of these events, uh, we'll have a lot more cars. You know, we have two today, uh, but we have four people that in the last couple of months have bought their own individual cars that so want to is, race. So is it all McLarens or no? It's not. So we have people that have Porsches. Uh, we have a lot of Porsche interest. Uh, in Austin, we have a lot of Lamborghini Super Trofeo interest. McLaren is just my favorite car. And so it's one of the things that people see more visually because those are the race cars that we're doing. Um, and I own four GT4s actually. So, you know, they see us at the track all the time, but we have people that do Porsches. Uh, and because we do have uh, that recognition, some of the people that we've brought in and had them test drive, like, you know, they were driving uh, a Cayman GT4 um, or a 3RS, and we had them drive our car. When they were trying to figure out what race car to drive, I was like, well, I kind of like your race car. So, like, they lean that way. Uh, but it's going to be any make, uh, not, you know, not limited by make or anything. 
uh, is just, you know, I'm a McLaren guy. I had several McLarens. And because I had the need for the McLaren service personally, I've hired two McLaren certified techs. Yeah. Uh, and then we've built some, you know, we've, they were sort of like our, our backbone of, of, of the service. And then we've put some meat on there with some other capable techs, experienced techs yep. that didn't come from McLaren. They come from different, you know, different makes. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be adding Porsche and other techs to, 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 to the group. That way, uh, we can provide you know full support across you know some of the particularly some of the major makes in in, in, in the space. So. Awesome. Well, if there's one thing that uh, you need or would like more than anything else right now for anybody listening. Um, something that you're looking for that would be most helpful for you and your organization, what would that be? Um, you know, honestly, I think, you know, as we grow as a community and what we're creating, you know, we have a social media presence. So follow us on social media, support it, tell your friends, you know, we, we create YouTube videos. So we have a YouTube channel where we are producing a video, an episode today. Yeah, I, I uh, met your photographer. Yeah, yeah, uh, Cody. So, him, you know, Cody uh, is an interesting story. When I went to the track for the first time a couple of years ago, um, I met him taking photos and making some videos. He offered to take a video of my car because he loved my McLaren. And so he did a quick reel of it and I enjoyed it. And so I kind of started following him on social media. Didn't see him for a few months. And when I went to this McLaren thing, uh, where you know where I met this factory driver about five, six months into my driving you know, career, if you want to call it that, um, I reached out to him and said like, hey, I think it'd be cool if I made a video out of this. Like, I think it's going to be a pretty cool experience. I want to document it just personally. Um, I think at some point I can possibly grow, you know, the YouTube or, or create enough content online that we can create a following. So if the business does move forward, we at least start creating a following with, yeah. you know, with, with viewers. And so we kind of, you know, storyboarded it, brainstormed a little bit what we wanted it to be. And it turned out to be a great video for this weekend, you know, with McLaren. And to this day, when I watch it, it's just so funny. Like, man, it's funny how all that came together in a handful of days. And we, had, he had never shot long form. I'd never been on TV or camera or anything. Yeah. Um, and so the way it all came together was actually really good. So, you know, fast forward four to five months later, uh, he was actually in Austin. Um, I offered him a full-time gig to come on board. Uh, in Houston, and so he relocated about a year ago now. Okay. So he's in Houston. We've put out 50, 60 videos. We're always you know, creating, uh, in my opinion, cool online content in the automotive space. It's very different than what's out there. I think most people that are in the automotive space, there's generally two types of people right now that have created you know, a pretty good presence. Uh, you have the guys that do the car reviews. They have big car collections and or do car reviews. Uh, and obviously those get millions of views and hundreds of thousands of views, right? Um, and then you have the community of people that work on cars and have created a, a community around them working on rebuilding a car, yeah. whether it's body, whether it's you know engine, uh, and you have that. But I think what's missing in the space is people that actually are on track racing. And people know that you, know, that you can go buy a car and collect it. People know that people fix up cars, but they don't know that they can truly enjoy the, the sport yeah. themselves. And so I think that awareness that we bring into the space uh, you know, one of the things that I always say at the end of every episode that we do is tell your friends, tell your family, because there's going to be somebody in there that has no idea these exist. Yeah. That could be a potential client or a viewer or a consumer of our product. So, you know, one of the things that we're working on is an automotive, motorsports really focused apparel line. So something that when you wear it, you feel like you're part of it. Yeah. Like that you are, you know, when you go running, my goal is that one day when you go running and you're, you, you got shorts on, and it has our logo on it. 
you, know, you identify as a, as a race car right. enthusiast or driver, and when someone sees it, says that guy loves automotive, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know, Lululemon, for example, has made a name for itself in the yoga and, and, and you know that kind of you know uh, active space. Uh, but you know, I wear Lululemon all the time, and I know people that wear Lululemon all the time. I enjoy yoga and I go. But I don't wear it just because I'm going to yoga. I wear it because I like the fabric, the way it fits, yeah. and all that. And I wouldn't identify myself as a yogi, right? Yeah. But I wear it. And there's people that solely wear yoga gear all day, every day. Yeah. That when you see it, you're like, you know, they're probably into yoga, or at least support this yoga brand. Um, you know, you have Vans, you have Under Armour. Yep. You know, there's brands that are really iconic that you know sort of the sports that they're really after. Uh, or, or what you know what type of people wear these type of things so my goal is that you know as we create this exposure and, and take this you know product more global or national that we would have enough support from the social media from the YouTube from the online racing community that will support an actual motorsports apparel should they merch. should they just Google Rafa Racing or is there what's your website or what's the YouTube? Yeah, so channel? so the website is rafaracing.club. Okay. Uh, dot club C L U B. Um, uh, on Instagram we're Rafa Racing uh, dot club. On TikTok as well, the uh, the search engines do find us. So if you search Rafa Racing, shows up or yeah. YouTube will show up. The YouTube channel is actually uh, Rafa Martinez eight one two. Uh, which is my personal channel, and then we're creating stuff around my, my car collection and the club. At some point, we may split those, uh, but if you just YouTube, Rafa Racing, it shows up. Okay. Uh, you know, we have quite a bit of uh, of content out there at this point. Initially, it was kind of hard to find us, and I think now it's it's fairly easy. So Instagram, Rafa Racing Club, you Google that, YouTube that, you know, you'll, you'll be able to find us. The website is RafaRacing.club. Uh, 812, it's pretty special to me. It's the month dates. The months of uh, when I got into the space, I had to come up with a number I wanted to put on my car, and I couldn't think of it. I wanted it to be meaningful. I don't really have necessarily, you know, something that stuck out other than, you know, say like my kids. I have a son and a daughter, um, so eight twelve stands for August and December, and those are the months of, you know, that my kids were born. Cool. Um, so we're integrating that to the brand. Uh, we have a company called Eight Twelve Brands, and Eight Twelve is going to be the the name of the merchandise. Uh, of the apparel is going to be uh, A12 apparel. Um, I own a uh, wheel uh, manufacturing facility, a wheel manufacturing company in Austin. I don't know if you know Finspeed. I, I saw it on your on on, on, on the car, so, yeah. Yeah, so Finspeed, uh, we are rebranding it to A12 wheels. Okay. Uh, but I bought Finspeed in December. They've been around for several years, and we build the world's best. And, you know, you can test it. You can you know. Put it against anybody, aluminum forged wheel, forged racing wheel, performance based wheel. Uh, it's the sturdiest, doesn't bend, it's been proven, it's been tested. Uh, so we're better than the competition in the forge, in the forge space, particularly for uh, performance wheels, for racing. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're rebranding that to A12 wheels, so kind of bringing it all, marrying it with the family. Uh, and there's all the things, all the projects that we're going to get into. Uh, one of the big things that we're doing is in a nonprofit space, supporting. Uh, minorities and, and, and women in the motorsports space in particular. Yeah. Uh, so I have a nonprofit uh, that I'm launching. It's called Equal Opportunity Sports. Uh, we're going to have a branch that's uh, that's going to be motorsports focused, but then we're gonna, we'll be able to target other other sports as well. And that's essentially going into communities and going into the space and seeing talent that maybe can afford karting. Yeah. And you find a talent, but you know they they can't afford top competition karting. They certainly can't afford 
getting into an F4 seat or, or, or advancing through the space. So, you know, finding, supporting some of the series, finding out who the who their best drivers are and their stories and seeing whether we can start supporting some of that community that has the talent but not the means into the sport. It's such a difficult sport to get into yeah. uh, and expensive sports. So, you know, to the extent that we can help and align ourselves with partners, you know, I've I've been fortunate to, to do pretty well for myself, and so I'm committed to capital to, to launch it uh, and be able to deploy capital. I've committed to sponsoring a female driver as my driver, who it wasn't in the exact space, uh, who's been super fast, doesn't come from a lot of money, uh, but she is, you know, hungry and, and capable to drive. Um, you know, she's tested with numerous teams in the U.S., was the fastest, but didn't get the seat. Because oh, they, man. They chose the second, third fastest who, who came with, you know, with parents yeah. that, that were willing to support the team. Yeah. And so she actually, I think, was three shootouts or three events where she was the fastest driver and, and, and didn't get the seat. Uh, and, you know, the excuse was, you know, you know, we're looking for a, a complete package. There were other criteria that it wasn't just about who was half a second faster than everybody else. Yeah. You know, it, it was some, some of those were like not even close. Like it was lap after lap, half a second faster than, than everybody in the field in a competitive field going into, you know, a, uh, you know, into an F4 team or a GT team. Yeah. That are pro drivers, right? Like it wasn't SCCA half a second. This right. is like pro drivers that are all bunched up. Yep. And, you know, and she wasn't able to get it. So, you know, we fortunately came across her. She's a great ambassador for the brand. And again, it's just super, you know, personable, uh, you know, loves the, the sport. And all she sees herself ever doing is driving. Yeah. And lives every single morning that she wakes up, does something to become a better driver and just never had the opportunity, right? So yeah. bringing her to the family and, you know, showing other girls within the team that, you know, you can be this. You know, she's 23, mm -hmm. uh, still fairly young. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe can't get into F1. Maybe you can't get into a... Uh, the W Series or anything else in, in the open wheel that kind of gets more eyes. Mm -hmm. But the GT racing and I think the community that we are doing and helping build um, is going to get just bigger and bigger as we move forward. So I think that, you know, bringing that to, to the forefront and, and being able to recruit people, you know, pro, from those backgrounds and in particular women, you know, will be pretty powerful for, for us and, you know, just just a cause that I personally have to, you know, to help the world in the space, right? Like I... You know, I pay my taxes and big big tax bills. They go spread across the board. I make certain donations to certain causes that I have family or, or, or friends or you know things that, that we support. Um, and you know, if I'm gonna be in this sport, I kind of wanted to make an impact as well. So yeah, uh, it, it's one of the things that we've sort of committed to and and I'm gonna continue to do. And you know, we've seen it pay dividends just having her as part of the team. Uh, someone's daughter was like, oh, I didn't know there was a female driver. I want to give it a try. And then the the daughter comes out gives it a try and now it's going to be in a gt4 car next time we go out of track in two weeks you know and this is our first time ever uh like eight months ago had never even yeah. been on track either and now wants to compete professionally and see how far she can go and she's like you know going to the track doing her seat time getting on the sim watching youtube you know goes karting is in great shape and getting in better shape and so like actually taking it serious because he sees somebody else capable of doing it roughly about her age mm -hmm. uh and so you know we're building a lot of that excitement and I think a lot of that awareness that, that you know, was sort of, you know, very niche and, and tied with people that grew up in the space, kind of, you know, stuck with it. Yep. Uh, but it was, I think, you know, uh, there was nobody or there wasn't really the awareness until Tribe to Survive that racing yeah. was something that a lot yeah. of people, like, became excited about yeah. and then became cu curious, right? So if you're not excited about the sport, you're not curious. 
you know, if you're not watching Drive to Survive, you're not getting these like adrenaline hits to drive, and you're like Googling, can I drive a race car? Like, you know, <laughs> like I think all this excitement just bring the curiosity out of people. Yeah. And then we're, you know, hopefully being, you know, pioneers in this space where, you know, people can recognize us as a brand that we are farming essentially gentlemen drivers and, you know, everyday drivers, you know, track day guys and girls and, and, um, and obviously, you know, club racers and potentially be able to help them develop into professional drivers, you know, yeah. for, particularly for some of the younger community that is going to start coming through, you know, kids and, and, and young adults that, you know, that some of the members have in their families, hopefully, you know, start developing and, and growing that, you know, that I would say that loyalty and attachment to what we're doing. Rafa, you have got a lot of stuff going on, man. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So it's a big project, you know, and it all really started with me, like I said, you know, having the interest of like, you know, I actually want to explore what it would take to actually compete and doing research and learning that there wasn't anything and looking for places that I can go learn and do something. And the only place I could do it was at the track. So the goal for Rafa Racing Club is to be sort of like your home for everything racing in town. And when you want to go to the track, we can help you facilitate that. So. Yep. Well, I should let you get to registration. <laughs> yeah, I got to run over there. Man, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I want to thank you for listening or watching Drive to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope that we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. I absolutely love hearing from you, and I promise I'll personally respond to every comment every question and every request if you want to connect start with our website driven to compete.com also don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter whether you reach out or not please like subscribe and share until next time go kick some ass